0: welcome to the readerly report your hosts are gail weiswasser and nicole Bonilla. we hope you will enjoy our candid book conversations recommendations and observations on the reading life thanks so much for joining us okay so welcome to another edition of the readerly report Today, Gail and I are going to be talking about our best books of the year. We're going to explain to you how we came up with our criteria and what what we deem to be memorable or how we chose our best books of the year and share them. And we haven't discussed our list, so I'm not sure how Gail is choosing her list and she's not sure how I'm choosing mine, but hopefully we'll each have five to ten books that we have chosen for standouts for the year, but before we do that, I was texting with Gail earlier this week and she told me she had lots of good updates, so really looking forward to hearing <laughs> what those are about, and we will update you on our what we've been reading and what we finished reading so let's let's get into it okay um
1: Okay, so first of all, I have to tell you guys about this awesome thing. So, my birthday was last week, and my best friend who listens to the show, hi Tawana, gave me this amazing gift. And it was a six month subscription to a service called Scribed, S C R I B D. Have you heard of this before? Okay? Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, oh, well, you do know Scribed. Okay, so I don't know how much it cost because it was a gift, but. Um, it gives you access to a wide range of ebooks, audiobooks and magazines. And on the audiobook side, I put in like 7 books and they were all there. Like there it's not like it's just a small selection or at least it's geared to what I like to read. So there are all these audiobooks that I want to listen to, there's no wait, it's unlimited. It's not like Audible where you get only a certain number of credits. It's unlimited.
0: I don't know why so I, I didn't think to let you know about this before i think because you're so you don't buy a lot of books right You don't want I to spend money on books it's like nine bucks ten bucks a month something like that mm, okay probably worth it
1: i mean i don't do a lot of ebooks or magazines so i'm probably not gonna do those but just to like remove the stress of the audiobooks alone it's probably worth it right It has its own app, so it's got its own audio player, and it's got all the things you need in an audio player. It's got, you know, you can speed the time up, you can pause it, you know, it's all that stuff. It downloads it all to your phone, so you don't need a wireless connection. Um, And uh, so far, so good. And I'm just so excited, because I did not know, I really didn't know about it. And, um, you know, for six months of guilt-free audiobooks, it's really great.
0: The magazines are something new. I think the couple of years ago when i had checked it out um they did not have magazines so that is super mm-hmm. exciting
1: yeah so i'm very excited so i thank tamana for that and if you're still looking for a good holiday gift for someone who's a big audiobook reader i think this would be a really good one because like i said i just looked on my shelves and i was like oh well what about this book what about that book and there it was
0: mm.
1: so I, it wasn't you're gonna like, like, like you like know, oh, that's me to back. Okay, so that's my update number one. My update number two is to tell you that I hit my goal for the year on December second. I knew you were
0: going to say that. I was just like, I, I know bet that crazy she hit her goal.
1: I hit my goal. So every year I set a goal of fifty-two books, and I'm usually cramming at the end of December to get those in. And I hit it on Sunday when I finished waiting for Eden. So, so what do you? Think I'm very excited. Is
0: different about this year?
1: Uh, well, I had two big international trips. Mm. One in uh, the early part of February and one over the summer. That'll do it. I got a lot of reading done. Yeah. I think that really helped because like the one in January, I read like seven books or something. So that helped. And, you know, since we moved, like I'm not watching any TV and um, I've just, I don't know, I've just been really enjoying reading a lot and I've been really cramming it in whenever I can. And what for whatever reason I just got to the fifty two early, so I'm excited. That's so
0: nice. Gail is living her best Thank reading you. life.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, I could be, I
0: could just increase the goal. It seems <laughs> to be
1: probably what I should no, do. Don't do
0: that. I, I can, think you need the satisfaction of going over the goal, and the next year maybe you can push yourself to like, yeah, fifty five.
1: Yeah, that may be the case. So uh, I hit my anyway, goal. Too. So those are my updates. What, your goal is, was 100 and 200? No. 150?
0: No. no, I did 100.
1: Oh, 100. Okay. But you probably hit that a while ago.
0: No, um, I think I hit it in November. I haven't been oh, rushing awesome. through things. Like, I've had, I've had other preoccupations, I think. So I haven't been reading as much.
1: Well, congratulations. So that's
0: fun. And I haven't gone over it a lot. Like, I think I've read 103 books for the year. So as we give our best of lists and scale has already hit her goal and she's going to read another 10 books in December, we will have (laughs) to give you our updates in January on if anything shifted in our lists. Right. Right. Um, Okay. So those are my
1: updates. Um, What are you reading?
0: So right now for, A book club that's coming up next week. I am. I just started reading Rebecca Trister's "Good and Mad: The Revolutionary Power of Women's Anger." Mm Hmm. Are you getting fired up when you're reading it? I don't. I've pushed this book off. I've pushed this book off until, like, I guess the book club is next Monday. I have not been looking. You know, I'm. I don't know. I'm not like a big reading about fury things to get me angry sort of reader but this looks like I mean she writes in like she really breaks things down very well and I'm enjoying the information that I'm learning I'm a little hesitant with it too because it's coming on the heels of me well I DNF'd American Prison it was just too grim really
1: because you were enjoying well i wouldn't say enjoying it you were
0: i mean it's very well found it noteworthy it is noteworthy it's interesting it was just too gruesome and too just depressing to see how the prison system has evolved through slavery how people i mean how their quotas for it how it's privatized it's just i mean in our climate with just the racial things that go on already it was just too much just like, I couldn't, okay. I just don't, you know, and I had gotten pretty, like, probably there's like a lot of bi- biblio- bibliography in the back. So I probably had 75 pages to finish, but it just was not worth, it just wasn't worth the feeling that I got the heaviness of reading that book just to say that I finished it. It's like, I get it. It was awful then. Yeah. It's awful now in a completely different way we have big issues to address to make it less awful and you know, who knows how far along we were with that. It's just like, I get it. I surrender. Yeah. <laughs> I don't need yep. to read anymore. You got
1: the point. You got, you, you, you figured it out. <laughs>
0: um, I am curious to read his first book, sliver of light, Shane Bauer's first book, where he talks about how he was imprisoned in Afghanistan. Um, he like, in this book, he goes undercover as a prison guard, you know, to report on these awful situations. And he does a whole bunch of research in, into how, you know, prisons have evolved because I don't know, there virtually weren't that many prisons or it definitely wasn't like statewide or, or nationwide prison systems before slavery. Um, they had other things. And... So I am curious a little bit if his experience, I mean, I, I'm sure it will be pretty grim too, because he's talking about his own imprisonment experience, but Mm -hmm. I do want to read a little bit of that as a compare and contrast, but if it's like, you know, too brutal, then I won't finish that either. But, you know, I think that if you, if you're interested in the prison system, it's definitely really takes a takes a very thorough and graphic look at look at it
1: did you get that at book expo i'm wondering if i have that at home
0: i think i did if if you do not have it it. on your shelf i will send it to you with along with you will need you'll definitely need daisy jones i think (laughs) to go along with that. that would be great
1: so what about you i look forward to that um so for me i am actually i've picked up two of the non-fiction books that i keep talking about on the show that i keep saying i want to read i think which ones are those so on audio i'm yeah on audio i'm doing ray and joan this is unscribed um and this is the story of the woman who was ray Croc's third wife ray Kroc was the guy who made his many 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 many, many millions uh Uh, taking over mcdonald's he didn't actually start mcdonald's but he bought mcdonald's from the people who started it and so it's about his widow and when she died she was sitting on literally literally three billion dollars and it's i think the book is about how she gives it all away so um i just started it. it's narrated by the author um yeah so i'm Excited to finish that. Well, I just started it. And then on You have it on audio, you said? I have it on audio through Scribed. So that's my first scribed audiobook. And then in print, I picked up the four, which I always I know I keep talking about, which is the, the book about Amazon, Facebook, Google, and Facebook. No, Amazon, Google, Apple, and Facebook. So it's it's a big month for nonfiction for me. <laughs>
0: I guess talking it up in November just helped put it in right. your, on your radar. Right. And
1: I finished um, Waiting for Eden, which we're going to talk about next week with Sarah. And I finished The Other Woman on audio, too. Uh,
0: okay. So what were your thoughts on The Other Woman? I mean, it's Should popcorn. Should I read it? It's popcorn. It's popcorn. Should you read it? Is it gourmet popcorn that you get at the end of the year in the big tub that has, like, cheese and (laughs) caramel? Yeah. I think it is. quality popcorn? Yeah.
1: I think it's quality popcorn. Um, It's the type of book that I don't want to say a whole lot about because, um, I mean, listen, on the front cover it it says there are twists you don't see coming. So I'm not saying – I'm not revealing anything there that's not – literally on the cover of the book um and so i, I don't want to get into too much detail about the twists because i don't want to i feel like that signaled to me there may be twists and i was like sort of spidey sense was up and i was looking for it so i don't want to like belabor i was that too gonna much.
0: say that sometimes the cover just i don't know about these covers and this the jacket copy mm-hmm. i think that they try to entice you in i think being told about an unreliable narrator is a spoiler Mm -hmm. because then you're looking for this person to be off the rails you suspect everything they say yep yep and i got into some trouble on
1: my blog because somebody pointed out that i spoiled um the last mrs Parrish* by lumping that book in with the psychopathic husbands category so i apologize for spoiling and now i'm gonna be super careful about not spoiling on the show or on my blog so the other woman is popcorn um it is a page turner it's i mean re- yeah read it because i want to talk about it with you um you'll read it in like the last a day. mrs
0: parish i feel like i knew well and maybe this is because i read so many popcorn type thrillers i just don't feel like the fact that that was a psychopathic husband was a spoiler I think that anything that's within the first 50 pages of a book is fair game in describing well, a setup. And I feel like in the first 50 pages, I knew where that was going. She said that it, it's possible to read the first half and not know. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I probably just read too many. She's probably right. I read, I don't even know if I got past, I, I think I got to the part where they're having that party. Or they're setting up for the party and she's just like freaking out every time someone gets something out of place or whatever. And I was just like, oh, she's got a psycho husband mm. who wants everything to be a particular kind of way. And I was like, "And I, I'm just not – I'm not here for that type of book right now. Yeah. I mean, I think I figured it out pretty early too. But um, anyway, I got in trouble, so. You got in trouble. I got in trouble. <laughs>
1: So anyway, so yeah, uh, I would like you to read the other woman because I want to talk about it with you. <laughs> so for selfish reasons alone, you should read the other okay. woman. Did you pick that up at um at Expo too?
0: I did. I have um I have the audio, mm-hmm. but it's on CD. Remember, mm-hmm. I was saying I. I don't know what I'll do. I'll give that to my mother because I think. Her computer is so old that it actually has a Disney <laughs> right. in the side. Right, <laughs> Mine does not, um, but I also got the book, so. Yeah. Oh, wait. I remembered but one we more thing I it... want to tell you. Okay. Sorry. I was going to say, we can make that our January book club discussion because I think it fits really well in the fact that I feel like January is National Psychological Thriller Month. I feel like it is? so many psycho- – Well, I am making it my unofficial one because I feel like all of the psychological thrillers come out in, a lot of them, a great deal of them come out in January. Anonymous Girl is coming out in January. That new Sarah Pekkanen, Greer Hendrickson, I guess, you know, everyone's, we should write a book together, Gail, everyone's doing it.
1: We should write a psychological thriller together.
0: Yep. Um everyone's grabbing their best girlfriend and writing a book together. There's so many two author books. Yep. We should have a show on it. But I wanted Except to tell so you have, probably have not read any of them.
1: Right, right, that's true. Um I wanted to tell you one last thing, which is I put the okay. other woman on spivey Swap.
0: spivey And uh-huh. guess
1: what I got? What did you get? I got the Hearts oh, you got Invisible Furies.
0: Oh. Oh, you got the Hearts Invisible Furies.
1: Yeah, which you've been wanting me to read. So, um I got uh yeah, that's the one I i w I don't know. There was she posted a whole somebody posted a whole bunch of stuff that I didn't want and that was at the bottom of the pile. I said, Ooh, I'll take that one. So anyway, I've got John Boyne coming my way.
0: I have to look at that now. Have you not read it? It's like I could be I could be getting good stuff. Oh no, I've I've read the book. Oh, oh, oh read you gotta look at Swap.
1: Yes, you gotta look at Svive Swap. It's really fun. It's just fun to see what people are swapping. Right. Okay. Okay. All right. That's so, probably enough. Are we up. ready?
0: hmm Are we ready to get into our top? Yeah. How many so, do you have? Well, I had five and then you told
1: me 10 so that I added five more. Okay. So I have my first five and then my second fives, which are like, you can almost say the second five are like runners up.
0: Okay. So how did you, when you thought about this, because you have been saying throughout this year that you felt like it was not the greatest reading year for you. Mm-hmm. So, so out of your 50, you had five. So yeah. that's what. 52, Nicole.
1: Let's give me credit for the remaining two. Um, oh, I was
0: trying to round for simplicity. Um, no, 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 no. It's a book a week. A book a week is what <laughs> I do. Ease of math. <laughs> okay. So I I listed
1: them by just the reading experience. It's not like, is this a serious book? Or is this an important book? Capital I, capital B, Or was this well-reviewed? Or was this great literature? I tried to treat it as books that I really got into was like felt like they were memorable, that they changed me in some way, that they were, you know, just very worthwhile reading experiences, you know, so not like was this, you know, an artistically crafted book. So there's some stuff on here that's kind of light because I just really enjoyed reading it. So, you know, these aren't going to be, like, necessarily ones you would find in the newspaper or, like, on Goodreads or Bookpage I got today. They're not, like, you know, bookstore recommendation picks necessarily. Some of them might be. But for me, they were ones that I was, like, I felt affected by.
0: And that's what we go for. Yeah. Yeah. What about you? Because otherwise you... you could just read the paper. Right. I tend to um, choose things the same way. Reading experience. Was it memorable? I mean, some things these are always so interesting to look back at and to sort of, you know, like I track what we've been talking about, like the the books that come up again and again in the podcast and just books that when I think about them, when I think about how much I love them, when I was reading them, but do I remember them and just coming up with some kind of, like you're saying, you know, these were not the books that Some of the books are sort of artistic or, you know, more, I guess, literary, but they were the books that I thought about the most and had like really clear ideas about months later, because some things you love in the moment and they are a great reading experience, but they are also pretty forgettable. Right. Like, you know, well, you know, I'll read another book like this soon or whatever but there are some you know the the special ones that that I couldn't wait to get back to that I wondered about months later those are the ones I'm going for
1: right right that's that's exactly how I feel okay so why don't we each why don't we go back and forth just to save some time why don't you say two and then I'll say two and we'll kind of do that and I know that we've um you know, we've covered a lot of these books on the show already in detail, so maybe the thing we should do is say why we picked it, as opposed to like, yeah, why is it so memorable?
0: Why is it still haunting you?
1: Yeah, I think that's a good, I think that's a great idea. And I'm going to predict right now that at least one, possibly two, are of us are going to overlap. Hmm. Maybe even three, but there's one we haven't talked about, so I don't know what you thought of it. But um, I I would say two or three of these are going to be overlapping the two lists. That's my prediction
0: before we start. Okay. Okay. So you go first. Okay. So my first one is The Incendiaries by R.O. Kwan. Um, I don't know if I talked about this a lot. It was about um this woman who is in college and she gets involved with a radical sect that is exp- is responsible for a building exploding and there are some there are casualties in this explosion it is told she's missing so it's told from the point of view of the young man who is dating her and he is trying to figure out what happened you know what did she know um did she you know how how much was she involved with this how did she get involved with a man who seemed to have been the mastermind beyond this group um of this group so it was a really interesting story when i started it i did not know if i would like it there are some things that go on in just it's got an it's got an interesting structure and it took me a while like as I was reading this book and I you know sometimes things that I really think about and I can really help you figure out what's going on is who's telling this story and why so I was able to understand what went on with this book and this book gets a lot of mixed Attention, You know, it It does have some of that artistic, this is masterfully constructed, but just the unpeeling of that and the revelation of this young woman's story really sticks with me. So the next book on my list that really stuck with me was That Kind of Mother by Rumaan Milan. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah, I, you know, I think that it was such a careful examination of, of, um, of privilege which I think is a big a big thing that's you know that we're always hearing about and talking about and I feel like that book showcased a lot of the ways in which that operates in which that stands out for me sort of like I mean I guess some people you could call it the cluelessness of this mother but I think that, you know, she had a perspective and I think he ha- he did a good job of embodying what her perspective was. And it was just really easy for me, me to see and think about ways that people make assumptions that other people don't make, you know, just seeing this quote unquote friendship that this woman has with her nanny and how she feels entitled to, you know, to the life and to be close to someone who essentially she was paying for a service. And just the ramifications that has when she adopts this woman's child um, when she dies. It's just really stuck with me. Interesting. That book um, did not stick with me. Like, I agree with everything you
1: said about what you liked about it. But it's like, I find that I found it so unmemorable.
0: Um, So I wonder if it's because I mean, yeah, I don't know. Because I was like to say, it doesn't really have a lot of DC elements to it well, like sometimes I, mean, I can find books that are about new york not yeah or things that are well, familiar to my life there was enough in there actually
1: that i could sort of set the book like physically i don't know it's just um i that book for me was like so ephemeral like it just kind of disintegrated into air i, I my book club read it and i think we all sort of felt the same way um so it's interesting i mean it just shows you different books stay with different people or different books stay with people differently Um, Right. Okay, so my first two – my first one is American Marriage, and I'm going to guess that's probably in your top five uh, or top ten. That's Tayari Jones. I read that very beginning of the year, and that really has stuck with me over the last ten months. So you get
0: a pass on that. It's not on my list because I read it in 2017. Oh, interesting. Okay, good. But it would have been. (laughs) Would have been, right.
1: Um, So this is the book about a woman who – husband is wrongly imprisoned and it's about the relationship that they have while he's in prison and then there's their best friend who forms a love triangle with the three of them and it's a very complicated book and you always say something i totally agree with about it that there's no villains um there's no saints it's you know, three pretty flawed people dealing with really awful circumstances. And it's a book, first of all, about race in America and about how black men are treated. And then secondly, it's about this love story between the three. And I just thought it was extremely well done. So I love that book. So that for me is at the top of my list. And the second one is one that I just read, Cloud in the Shape of a Girl. I think I talked about it on the last show, so I won't get too into it, but it's by Jean Thompson. And it's a story of three generations of women in a Midwestern town and their kind of unfulfilling lives and the ways in which life kind of disappoints them. And uh, I thought that was a really good book. And uh, that made the top of my list.
0: So in what ways, because you read that fairly recently, and and that was a lot of consideration that I gave, like in thinking about the books that I was picking, you know, I think it's natural that things that you've read really recently pop for you. So yeah. what do you think? That's interesting. Because going you're... forward, like, I don't know, can you project a little on how you feel like that has affected you or was it just – Um, I, I mean, guess... American Marriage, you read – Yeah, I read in January. It's been a
1: long a time, A while back, yeah. and
0: that stuck.
1: And I'm looking at this list, and three out of my top five <clears> – <throat> Four out of my top five are pretty recent. Three anyway. I do think that that having the proximity of time certainly helps make a book memorable because it's more recent. Um, But there's a lot of great books out there that I still remember. And if nothing else, I remember the experience of reading it, even if I can't remember all the details. So, yeah, I mean, certainly gives it an edge. But
0: it has that fuzzy feeling. Yeah. That that warm, fuzzy feeling that makes it. Yeah yeah all right so let me see so next up on my list is a book that I did not expect to be on my list it's this book that I read that I remember picking up in the airport and you know airport selection can be pretty slim but I found this book by a Canadian author and it's called The Honey Farm Um, Her name is Harriet Alita Lai, and she wrote this book about these this woman who has, she basically has farmland, and she is a beekeeper, and she has come upon some hard times, so she can't really afford to run the farm. So what she does is she posts this ad that invites artists to come and, you know, for experience work on the farm and they get a place to eat and they get I mean they get a place to live they get food and they get this experience of learning beekeeping is how she explains it so of course she draws all of these young idealistic artists and and young people who are searching for themselves and it's all about what happens over the course of a season I guess you know maybe it ultimately ends up being about nine months to a year that um, all of these people congregate on this farm and what happens when it seems like they start getting these signs from nature you know like um, the the water on the property turns red it seems like they're getting all of these um, portentous signs and just the evolution of the relationships there and it has really stuck with me as sort of this just totally realistic sort of menacing creepy novel it has an ending that is not necessarily satisfying i don't know there's there's just such a hauntingness about the story that really stuck with me and the writing is exquisite okay so there is that one which which it surprised me
1: yeah i haven't heard you talk much about that
0: book you know what? I think it probably got lost because I read that when I was traveling. So I probably came back and had finished a whole stack of books. Um, some of which I probably talked about more than others. The other is The Caregiver by Samuel Park. I love it because it um, it does something that I love in terms of straddling two cultures. You know, one is Brazil. It's about this woman who is coming from Brazil and she is in the United States and she's a caretaker um she had this really close relationship with her mother who got involved with these revolutionaries that just affected their lives in in such a dramatic way and just how as she is you know a caregiver in this new country in this new environment to a woman who is suffering from stomach cancer is considering how she and her mother were caregivers to each other and just looking at how their relationship um, was impacted by her mother's choices. And it was a really, it was a really beautiful book. Okay. All
1: right. So my next two,
0: um, one of which
1: I finished yesterday, so this will confirm for you your theory that (laughs) the more recently I've read it, the higher I rank it, um, is Waiting for Eden, which we're going to talk about next week. It is the story of a soldier who has been wounded terribly in Iraq. In fact, he's deemed to be the most wounded soldier in history, U.S. history. Um,
0: of both wars. Of both, well, but of all wars. wars.
1: Yeah, of all wars. Because they said that, uh, you know, given modern medicine's ability to keep people alive, that he was the worst right. off of any soldier in any war in the United States, that the United States has fought. Um he is basically airlifted back to the U.S. and is set up in a burn center in, I think, San Antonio for a couple of years. And it's um, told from a few different perspectives, mostly from his dead comrade who knew him before. I don't think
0: it's told. Actually, That'll I guess it's all. You're right. It's all
1: told from by the dead comrade. But you get into the minds of a few different people so you get into the mind of the soldier and uh, a little bit you, you see a little bit of his wife um i will wait till we talk about this next week i thought this was extremely powerful beautifully written very memorable and i'd love to see this book get more attention So, um, for me, that was not a difficult pick to put in my top 10. It's also really short, so it's not a long read, but you, it's the type of book, like you said, I think you said last week, you can't read a lot with it. You can't read a lot of it at one time because it's very upsetting.
0: No, it's very dense and very graphic. Yeah, it is very graphic. I mean, not dense, but just, yeah, it's heavy. Heavy. Then number four for me, I put a place for us
1: on here, um... (laughs) <laughs> Fatima Farheen Mirza it's not a perfect book at all but for me the last chapter the last fourth redeemed it to the extent that I thought it deserved a place on this list um it's it needs some editing and it's very repetitive but um and the first part of it is slow but then by the end it really packs a punch and I thought it was just a beautiful ending it's a story of um a family, an Indian American family living in Southern California and family relations. They, uh, one of the son, that one of the kids was son becomes estranged from his family. And it's really about how that happened and who is responsible for it, how it could have been prevented. It's very sad, but it's, it's just kind of the ending is just so beautifully written that I put it on the list.
0: I just wanted to let you know Elliot Ackerman has a new book coming out oh okay I was trying to come up with the name but I think it'll be coming out in the spring so okay I I wonder if this book came out in the beginning of 2018 I will keep an eye opening for that one I'm gonna I just want to look it up so I can tell you what it is I don't know but yeah keep a lookout for it I thought I had bookmarked it to mention it but Looks like I didn't. Okay. Okay. So, um, what is next on my list? What are what is what are we up to? I'm I've done to four. Yeah. So these will. This will. All right. So next up on my list is *The Silence of the Girls* by Pat Barker. Now, I read two um, two novels based on mythology. This year, the other one was Circe by Madeline Miller, which was also really good. It took me a longer time to get into Circe, but I think that these two are both worthwhile explorations of mythology um, from a woman's point of view, from what it might have been like to experience these things um, as a woman. Circe is about basically... I mean, she is known in the Odyssey, you know, Odysseus meets her when he's with his men and she turns his men into pigs and, you know, he escapes from her. So basically it tells the story of what gets her in that position where anything happened, where that would have happened, you know, what it meant for her. It's a story about, I guess, almost like a coming of age story for a a goddess. You know, how she finds her voice, Um, she... Because of events that she participates in, her punishment is banishment to that island. So you get to see a lot about how that developed and, you know, who she decides to become in and how she decides to define herself. So, yeah, it's like a coming of age story for a goddess. Okay. Um, The Silence of the Girls by Pat Barker is more set, I guess, it would be in the Iliad where they are fighting that war um, launched by Helen of Troy. You know, it's the fight over a woman. But this story just details, like, what is happening to these women when their t- towns and cities are being conquered and their men are fighting. Like, what are the realities of that? Because a lot of mythology, especially with um, the protagonists of The Silence of the Girls, we're deal- dealing with... uh gosh, who's the guy? Achilles. Achilles and Perseus. And the, <laughs> their story comes down as a love story, but this takes a look at what it might have really been like because, you know, she would have been captured. Her husband and brothers and everyone she knows would have been killed. You know, they did not leave any men alive. You know, the women were were distributed amongst the men. So, It's just like a really different kind of story than what we're used to thinking of when we think about mythology and all of these, you know, heroic stories. So I'd recommend those two. Those make my list. They're definitely memorable.
1: Mythology is having a moment this year.
0: I think, I feel like mythology is probably always having a moment. But Madeline Miller has been so, she got so much acclaim for when she wrote The Song of Achilles. And actually, I think I wrote... I like um, Pat Barker's The Silence of the Girls better than I did Song of Achilles, but that's when she first made her mark. And uh, so this was her follow-up, and it was hotly anticipated. I don't know if as many people knew or read The Silence of the Girls, but I really want to go back and read some more of Pat Barker's work because I loved her writing.
1: Okay. All right, so my next two... Um, The first one is a lighter book, and this is also something I've read recently. You've heard me talk about this a few times. Um, One Day in December by Josie Silver. This is like a pretty light, like read it in three days, two days type of book, or one day if you're Nicole. Um, But it is just fun and engrossing. And I don't know, looking at some of the other books on my list, it's a nice balance because it isn't about people dying and depressing, you know, (laughs) family estrangement and all the things that I've, you know, I've read about this year. Every year I make a list in my year-end wrap-up of all the depressing topics in the books I've read. So this one is really just about, like, bad timing of a couple, but uh, it was a really fun read and I, I really enjoyed it. And I actually noticed that Reese Witherspoon just picked this for her book club or whatever she does every year, every month. Oh,
0: interesting. Yeah. So
1: it's her it's her book pick. Um,
0: I might give it a try. I mean, female dating the man of her dreams notwithstanding. You've talked about it so much that I'm so curious now. Yeah.
1: It's, it's very um, – it's just enjoyable. It's not popcorn because it isn't like that type of book. It's just, you know, it's not like deep literary fiction. It's just fun. But I, right. you know, I – Thinking about books I couldn't wait to get back to, this was one of them. And, you know, there's a difference between a book you can't wait to get back to because you're really deeply into the story versus a book that, like, it's so suspenseful you have to see what happens. Those are two different things. So, like, The Other Woman, that's a book I wanted to get back to because I just wanted to get to the end and find out what happened. Uh, One day in December, I felt really invested. I just wanted to know what what was happening. And I'm going to add another book right here that I find I've sort of going to put it in the same category as that. Like I just wanted to get back to. Oh, and I forgot to tell you about a book I read too. Just remember that. Um, so the book that I am going to put in the category is One True Love's by Taylor Jenkins Reid. It's the same type of thing. You just want to get back to it. You want to know what happened. You feel invested. It's not, you know, deep literature. No Taylor Jenkins Reid book is going to be deep literature. But I found that really enjoyable and. Um, of all, I've read three of her books this year, and that was my favorite. One True Loves, because I meant to tell you, I've, I did finally read Evelyn Hugo. You finished Evelyn Hugo? Yeah, I finished. Evelyn so, was Hugo.
0: it the Hollywood part that you didn't like? No,
1: it. I liked it. It just, I, I think it was so hyped. I mean, if you like mentioned that book, right. People are like, oh, Evelyn Hugo. It was fine. It was a good story. Um, it has a good message. I just, it wasn't like I just didn't find it as compelling as some of her other ones. I, I felt like it was very. It, things were touched they were so shallow like relationships things happened it's it was so sped up because it was like an entire life jammed into this one book and it was like it just felt like it was like an inch deep and a mile wide you know um so i'm I'm glad i read it but i didn't think it was that great but anyway so i pair one true loves and one day in december for like um i put those on my end of year my holiday yeah my holiday gift guide for like books for people who want to take their mind off something because you're just gonna jump right into these and feel like you're gonna you're gonna feel like immediately ensconced in the book
0: right okay so next up on my list i have seven and a half deaths of evelyn hardcastle which i loved love that book I could read it again I was reading something about it online because someone mentioned that you know there are so many descriptions for this book some people have likened it to Downton Abbey with a murder mystery or it's just it's a mashup of a bunch of different things like if you're looking for a murder mystery it's there it sort of has a little bit of a time travel aspect or you know bending of the laws of the universe you know it takes place over seven days, it's sort of a groundhog day. The day starts over, and um, the person who is who wakes up in this in a tuxedo in the forest, he wakes up in a different body every day and you kind of have to figure out who is going to murder this one woman so that he can stop the cycle of what's happening to him. Like if he doesn't figure out who her killer is and and let someone know who the killer is, then she dies and he doesn't get out of what appears to be, I don't know, it's an infinite loop of some kind. So a lot of time I spent wondering about what the construction of this world is and how it was going to turn out. So it was a mystery in a bunch of different ways. And it was one of those books that I could not, you know, I would read it for a couple of pages and feel like I had to go and do something else. But then I would just find myself with this book in my hand again. I am
1: gonna read so the this other one. book. I have that at home. I I'm, I'm, I really want to read it. You do? Yeah. Did I you really... get that at Bea?
0: Yeah, I did. I don't even think I got it from there. I think I. I don't know what I did. I
1: definitely got that. I think but... I got it at um speed dating. Speed dating. Yeah.
0: Anyway, I loved it. So the next book that is in that category, but for different reasons, is Black Rabbit Hall. Now, this is one of these old house books, old house on some estate in England that I love. It's got dual time periods, which I also love. You know, a woman is planning a wedding at this old house that may or may not have been haunted. She sort of remembers it from her childhood, but, you know, her father doesn't really want to give her that much information about it. And so she's investigating it as a location for her wedding. Her her husband-to-be doesn't want her to stay there. Her father doesn't want her to stay there, but she goes and she stays there with this this old eccentric woman who is trying to get money by using for the estate, by using this house as a setting for, for weddings. So she goes there to investigate this place as a setting for her wedding. It's dual narrative. So you do get to go back in the history of the house and it all comes together. I just love this book. Nice. so memorable didn't even come out this year I think it's probably a 2016 release and so Eve Chase has since written another book that I want to read I think every list needs a good old house book yeah exactly all right I think we have four each left so I have uh, my only
1: non on this list is the uh, Born to Run the Bruce Springsteen memoir I've talked about this a million times like bruce pick this one up um not perfect but it's very uh engrossing and also very memorable because i think about that did you read amount.
0: this right did you read this towards the beginning of the year? i feel like i've heard about it so much yeah i read it like
1: i yeah in january january yeah it was early right and then the second one i put on here um I'm actually surprised I included this one in the top 10 but as I was looking back I was I sort of decided it was worth it is The Gunners um I can't even remember now who wrote it um The Gunners is a story about it's a really quiet story about a group of high school friends like 20 years later how their lives have turned out it's really sad and kind of this haunting book but it it stick stuck with me. like I must have read this one in the middle of the year, I don't know, maybe so over the summer. I think it was a book club book. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I just as I was looking down the list, I was like, oh yeah, that one that one had some surprising longevity in my mind. Um, it's not I didn't like love it while I was reading it, but I looking back, I'm really glad I read it and I, and I enjoyed it. Rebecca Kaufman, that's the name, and I read it in June. And, um, it's just kind of very understated and there's some imagery in it that it, I remember looking back and it's kind of the main character has led this sort of sad life. And I don't know, it's a good book. So I, uh, I, that made it to my top 10. I'm the most surprised by that one. And then Hmm. also I put the female persuasion on there. I don't think that was a perfect book. But I do really, really like Meg Wolitzer, and, like, she creates very memorable characters, kind of like Curtis Sittenfeld that way. Like, you get to know her characters really well so that when you finish the book many, many months later, you remember them, and you remember little details about them and their personalities, and I, uh, I don't know. That book has stayed with me, Uh, um... You know, I, when it came out, everyone's like, "Oh, it's the Me Too movement," and I don't really think that's the case. I don't think it's a big sort of treatise on Neither Me Too. Do I. But I, I, as far as standout reads from the year, that made my list.
0: Yeah, it was more about historical. I think new feminism, feminist, feminist meets old feminist.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: and. More coming of age, you know, the way she, the main character is trying to formulate her identity and how ideals bump up against reality. I have that book on my wider list, like out of the 103 that I've read, I feel like 30, and I could probably whittle that down to 25 or 20, were memorable. Mm-hmm. And I just enjoyed reading that book. I enjoy Meg Wolitzer's writing. I read this also for book club and it does not, it didn't stand up to like it doesn't stand up to discussion well and to, for my book club it didn't, you know, in terms of what was realistic and what wasn't realistic. I just enjoyed that book. Yeah. It was just, a, it was just pleasant to read. Mm-hmm. I can't explain it. Alright, so my last two my last two books as I sort of Give it the eye once more. I'll put some nonfiction on here. The Girl Who Smiled Beads by Clementine War Wam- Wam- oh, I can't say her name. Wamariah. I really liked that book. It was about a refugee from Rwanda who talks about her experiences in in the camps and what it was like to experience them in different countries. She's on the run with her little sister. It talks a lot about the dissolution of the family how she integrates herself into the schools in the United States and of course because there's such a clash of cultures it's interesting to see a different perspective of the United States and you know basically what she deems as her excess and our reactions to things that she's experienced and also her descriptions of the camps and what her sister went through and just how families are able to come through being separated how it, how it affected her relationship with her mother and father and to meet her siblings and she goes on oprah she just so much of her life is impacted by her experience and it it was a powerful just a powerful description and just lots of food for thought there. The other book that I really, really loved that was engrossing was The Paris Wife by Paul McLean. She had, I think, was it Beauty and Ruin or Rotten Ruin was a book that she, that came out this year. And I actually read this because I was going to be seeing the author and I have a copy of her most recent book, which I think picks up where the Paris wife sort of left off. It's as, as a sequel. Um, the second book is about his third Hemingway's third marriage to a journalist, Martha Gellhorn. But the Paris wife was basically about his first love and his first marriage and what their relationship was like and what it was like to live among such brilliant people when she herself was restricted by the woman she was like she had ambitions that basically she gave up because he was such a strong personality and what it was like to live with such with a man who was basically considered a genius who had so many passions and wanted to experience life and and what that was like for her of course there were affairs mhm
1: i haven't read any of these books
0: oh the paris wife is so good i know i see it everywhere i know and it's been out for years yeah but it lived up to the hype for me. Okay. So that was my 10. Is that your 10? So I mm-hmm. ended
1: up, for some reason, I have only one left. I think I must have done three in one of our little chunks here. You did. You did. Yeah. Sorry about that. So my last one, I have Book of Essie on here. Um, mm. I read that over the summer. This is the story of a 16-year-old girl living in a evangelical family who is um, also – on their own reality TV show about, you know, about the family. And they're held up to be these, you know, Christian conservative models. And of course, the 16-year-old ends up pregnant. So the story is, how did she get pregnant? Why did she get pregnant? Um, What is she going to do about it? How does she get herself out of this situation? And it has a lot of little twists to it. And it's, um, I I thought it was really good. It was, it was fun, but it's not a light book because it's kind of a serious subject and it's, you know, a little bit about like reality TV and America's like obsession with the sort of voyeurism. And um, it definitely lampoons religious conservatism a bit, but it's um it's just an interesting story about this very resourceful young woman and and, you know, what she's got up her sleeve. You keep kind of want you're rooting for her and you're wondering how she's gonna pull it off. So, uh that made my list, the top ten.
0: One thing that I wanted to mention as we wrap up our top tens, we will be revisiting I think next week with Sarah we're gonna talk some of our superlatives, like what was the weirdest book or our most surprising, memorable book, or I haven't really given too much thought to the categories which i guess we need to think about but the goodreads choice awards the winners were announced Mm -hmm. today we're recording december 4th and so gail just quickly what did you think of it that's so funny i just was reading this um,
1: column by ron charles who thought the winners in every category were the wrong picks
0: um they were yeah and they were super predictable it's it's yeah, it's um. It seems like it's a big, you know, a big publishing company. Like it's their most popular book, the most pushed and marketed books. Yeah, of course, out of five million voters, these would be the ones that people are most familiar. Right. with. Right. So Jojo Moyes still me one
1: for fiction
0: over uh, an American Marriage. Like I love yeah. Jojo Moyes, but
1: I mean, I feel like it. This list these winners um just they're kind of crowd pleasers they're like books with the broadest appeal i mean that sounds really snobby to say that
0: great alone by kristen hannah which was everywhere a lot of these are book of the month picks yeah so you know they're just the kiss quotient i mean the hate you give deserve to win best of the best
1: yeah so i don't know i mean it sort of confirms for me why i was initially not that excited to take part and vote I
0: mean, all the, it's Even actually educated, all the more. Even Educated, I really did not think should have won.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's sort of all the more disappointing to see what actually could have won and didn't win. I mean, it'd be one thing if none of the bo- those books we really liked were nominated, but they were actually on the list and they still didn't win.
0: So, well, second runner up to Educated was Becoming.
1: Okay, well, that's good. Which I still have. You can started. actually
0: go into each category and see how the, the, the number that each one got, which is interesting. Oh, I'll go do um, that. A book that I really want to read, heavy, an American memoir. It got five hundred and sixteen votes.
1: Is that a lot or a little?
0: Came in last. Last. I was gonna say that's well, Educated got fifty-seven thousand votes. Wow. Which if five million two hundred seventeen thousand, this is really interesting because they say five million votes were cast, but I guess they mean amongst the individual categories. Yeah, But then this is memoir. So I wonder how many people voted in fiction. Hmm, 55,000, 332,000 total. Okay. So the winners are getting about 55,000 votes. And what's coming in last in the category? Well, this for fiction came is 1352. But it seems like memoirs got, you know, nonfiction just got less votes overall. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. Um all right, so maybe next year I won't encourage you. I would say Gail. Just I'll probably don't, do. Don't it. bother. <laughs> all right. So those are our... Nothing you want is gonna win anyway. <laughs> it's probably true.
1: Um all right, so those were our top twenty for the year. We did not have any overlap in the end. Um we would have had Just it. because, because I had read... read it. Yeah, you'd read it. You jumped the gun on Tyre. Remember you couldn't I mean now you can wait to start it.
0: Right. Um, so and a place for us is in my wider list did not make the top 10 yeah but it is in my top 20
1: all right well that's good so that's our venn diagram of reading that we we know we have (laughs) all right so next week we're going to have uh sarah from sarah's bookshelves on and we're going to go through some other categories of looking back on the year some other less obvious categories Take a look uh, at
0: some of the other lists that are coming out. Judge those.
1: Yep. And uh, until then, happy reading. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Readerly Podcast. You can find issues of Readerly at readerlymag.com. And you can find me, Gail, blogging at Everyday I Write the Book, which is at everydayiwritethebookblog.com, And Nicole at Linus's Blanket, which is linusesblanket.com. Please subscribe to the Readerly Podcast at iTunes or anywhere else you listen to podcasts. Until
0: next time, keep reading. Happy reading.